Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, what I do on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing ordinary mums like you and me who are mums in business. My guest today is Tamsin Broster. Tamsin is a mum in business who wants to help you have body and food freedom so you can live more freely. Thanks, Tamsin, for joining me today. So first, tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today so our listeners can get a sense of who you are. Oh, thanks, Maria. Thanks for having me. Um, it's really good to chat to you today. Um, yeah, so I, how did I kind of come around to this, you know, point in my life? Well, I used to work um, for the Ministry of Defence. I used to work in um, Abbey Wood. Um, I worked in that field for 20 years. It's all I've actually ever done, um, other than having like maybe part-time jobs at college. Um, that's all I ever did. And I took a career break, um, not just to look after my um, children, but my mum is terminally ill. And I wanted to spend a bit more time with her because I was finding that the job was just, the hours was a lot and, um, you know, trying to juggle and actually see my, and actually make some time to see my mum while I can, while she's able to, um, was just becoming a bit of a struggle. And I decided to take um, a break and I took three years off. Um, but during that time, there's like a simultaneous couple of things happened. I've always been a dieter and I've always been somebody who has been um, constantly trying to change my body through fitness and exercise and food and everything else. Um, and that time in my life was no different. I was um, finishing up my job, ready to be at home with the kids. And I was about to turn 40 and I threw myself head headlong into uh fitness and, and trying to lose weight um, and to some degree successfully however um, what I realized when I started making progress with that and I was I had more time to kind of think and didn't have the noise of the job around me was actually it didn't make me any happier there was 
there was this obsession which took over my life to the point that my kids were saying, mum, get off your phone. And I wasn't actually on Instagram or Facebook. I was actually on my fitness style, <laughs> not wanting to give them any airtime. But um, I was actually, you know, just constantly tracking my food, constantly trying to track out when I was going to do my workouts. Um, and it was just an obsession. And um, it did really, really take over my life. And but because I didn't have like the noise of the job, it really helped me kind of think about like, why I was doing what I was doing and had this thing where I just had to be you know I was only successful if I was thinner um and then I started to realize that everyone around me felt the same but it didn't matter like we were all different sizes but it didn't matter who I spoke to they were unhappy with their body and they were all trying on some level to change themselves and it just became like this realization that actually there's there's no rainbow at the end of all this stuff you're not gonna start like you know, diet really hard and then suddenly wake up and be happy with yourself. It's actually not to do with the food at all. And I had already had some exposure to the, the anti-diet community, but um, it was years prior to that. And I was in denial. I didn't want to hear that actually diets didn't work. I wasn't ready to hear it. But when I kind of worked through this process and that, that had, didn't have like the noise of the job around, like, dieting within office spaces is really normalized and it's just it's just part of it I mean you even have awful things like actual like you know corporate kind of fitness campaigns and people losing weight and these awful stories you hear about people getting weighed in the office and stuff like that it's absolutely horrendous but it is rife through that kind of that kind of thing so it, it was just normal um so I had I sort of dabbled in the anti-diet community years prior but I I was just I just had to prove it to myself almost that it wasn't it wasn't going to make me happy and for a moment I maybe thought that it would but then when I didn't I just wanted the, the thing that drove me on to where I am today which is why I set up my business was because I just wanted my friends to see how amazing they were and that actually their size had absolutely nothing to do with it and I didn't care or know what kind of what size jeans they were wearing so that's when I started I decided that I wanted to do something in this space. And I don't think I really ever thought that it would be a business as such. Uh, when I started out, I actually thought maybe I would write um, maybe a blog or maybe even just like a small book. But then um, I came across a professional training course with the lady, uh, a lady called Isabel Fox and Duke, who is um, based in uh, San Francisco she had a professional mentorship training program going and it landed in my inbox on the very day that I had spent the whole day thinking I feel like I've got a calling somewhere else and I don't know what it is and that email landed in my inbox and I hadn't really kind of been following her work for a while I knew of her I'd heard her story it was very similar to the the dieting stories that I had had um and I just knew I just knew that that was it and um and so, yeah, so I did her course and then um, that's how I set up my, my food freedom and body acceptance business. And that's kind of why I'm where I am now. <laughs> that's kind of how it started. And that, to me, that's like a reoccurring theme with most of the women I talk to. It comes from something that they are passionate about and something that more often than not is quite close to their heart, something that they really... Um, really drives them anyway, an experience that they've been through, something that's touched them. And I mean, when it comes to body image, I think as women, we put a lot more pressure on ourselves, although guys go through it as well. You know, it's not just a woman thing. Blokes, 
look at their bodies and either tend they want you know they might want to be bigger or and lose weight and and all of this and and it's really difficult as as a mum I am super sensitive to the language I use when I talk to both my children because I've got a girl and a boy as as you know Tamsin um and also the things I do so making sure I'm not looking in the mirror and going oh does my bum look big in this just to be a bit you know stereotypical um because they hear what we say they see what we do and it gives them ideas and and they're going to get enough of that through you know social media and the chill that the friends they make so I see myself as a role model to them to do my best not to start giving them ideas and having an unhealthy relationship with both food and how they view their body so I think what you're doing is amazing because you're exactly right it's not about what you look like it's about who you are as a person what's going on on the inside as opposed to like the skin we wear that's my my take on it yeah absolutely and I, and I agree with you but just to circle back to the bit that you said in the beginning about um, you know, women and everything else, what we have to recognize and what I've, you know, found and understand now through this work is the, the bit that we don't talk about, which is the societal pressures that are on women from a very young age. And if you come into this work and start kind of exploring the anti-diet community, you will never be able to watch a Disney film again without your eyes being opened onto how women are portrayed in movies um, from that young age, in cartoons, in and it's not just how women are portrayed, it's how people in larger bodies are portrayed. The, the oppression of fat people in our society is, is just, it's awful, but we don't, we, it's kind of accepted. It's not, it's not challenged. It's not, we don't see different bodies represented in our society at all. Um, and we are, we are conditioned to fear weight gain which keeps us stuck in a you know a diet culture which is funding a billion pound industry and that is the bit that that when you when you see it you can't unsee it and you're right about how we talk about around our children and there's great resources if anyone's listening to this who is really interested in um the effect this ha has on children um molly forbes written a book um body happy kids um i haven't got they've got my copies um just over in the corner so I won't go reach it but um yeah it's a really great book if you want to understand like how children um you know grow up with this stuff and how to help navigate the these things because they are growing up in that society and to a certain degree we can't change much of that because it runs through our medical systems it's political there's a lot of political stuff behind it it's not something we can change overnight um, but it is important that we understand it and what they're exposed to. And I'm exactly the same as you. I have a seven-year-old daughter um, and a three-year-old son. And I want my daughter to grow up not thinking that her value is tied up in her worth. And that is what drives me always. Because but in the same breath, I want, you know, as much as I want my son to feel the same way, society doesn't put the same pressures on him. But I want both of them to understand that bodies change, they, mm. they change and they're allowed to change and they're supposed to change. But we're told that, you know, if I was a you know size XYZ at age 18, that that's where I should be trying to get back to for the rest of my life. And it's not realistic, it's not helpful. And it doesn't, 
it just, just keeps us stuck. Um, you know, what of all the things that we're not doing while we're focused on how we look? Exactly. Well, oh, it's a minefield. Um, so what's been the most challenging thing that you've done since starting your business, would you say? Gosh, the most challenging thing is starting, I think, um, because it's really strange to start something that you, I, I mean, I've never even attempted to set up my own business before. Um, like I said, I, I worked in that job that I worked in previously for my whole sort of adult life. Um, so, you know, 20 plus years in the same job that had nothing to do with this. I didn't know anything about having social media accounts or, you know, trying to get, you know, visibility or um, connect, you know, networking, anything like that. So um, yeah, just learning everything. But I just, I wanted to do, I knew, I knew it was what I needed to do. I know, um, it's definitely like a calling and I just I couldn't ignore that so every time I have a wobble or have a have a fear which is pretty much every other day there's something I think oh gosh okay I gotta do this I gotta do that I think well what's the alternative you know what is it, am I am I am I not going to do it and that is never that I'm never not going to do it so um, as uncomfortable as some of the things are um, yeah, I think just just getting started, started, I think just even putting out like my, my first Instagram post on a, you know, new account to sort of start having like, you know, putting my voice to this message um, was really scary. And then once I did that one scary thing and it wasn't that bad and, and nothing happened, um, the world didn't implode. I kind of stepped onto the next thing and, and literally just keep stepping. Um, you know, that that has that has been the biggest challenge, I think, just setting up and having the faith to keep going and you know keep trying keep moving forwards and i think as women who have been, who have had a corporate career prior to starting their own business the one thing that i learned was yes we're about to start on our business and we and we've never been business owners before but i think sometimes we can forget that we have had a successful corporate career and it's not like we're stepping out of school and we know nothing we've got you know 20 years worth of experience in business and I think it can be really easy to assume that just because you're a newbie as a small business owner you're not a newbie when it comes to business and you have a lot of skills and knowledge that are transferable and to make that first step a little bit less scary it's saying well you know what do I know to be true what do I already know today that actually is going to help me create a solid foundation in the business that I'm about to start does that make sense uh, absolutely I totally agree with you and there was a lot of things from um you know my previous career which was a successful career I mean you know and I don't regret doing it at all I enjoyed it um I think as your life changes you know maybe your you know, needs for what you want from a, a job changes. And I just, I didn't feel it was meeting like my purpose anymore. And I think I do, I, I do believe in like planets aligning and putting you in the right position to receive things at the right time. And if I hadn't have stopped in my job and paused, um, I would never have even considered any different changes. And I wasn't looking for work. I, I, I planned to go back. Um, I never, I only ever planned to take three years off. Um, I didn't plan to fill my time with, with work, but um, you know, no regrets at all. I just, yeah, but I think you're right. I look back on my career and think 
well, what was the thing that I excelled at? What were the things that I was always the go-to person? Well, I was always the go-to person to supporting new people into the business, supporting women specifically, you know, with all this kind of stuff. And I thought, this is where it, it that, that for me is definitely like where um, I excelled and, and helped other people and connecting with people. I, I love connecting with people. That was the great part of the job. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely transferable skills. You, I never look at anything as a wasted kind of experience at all. It was, um, it's all, it's all good stuff. So, and hopefully it's not necessarily the same answer. What's the best thing you've ever done in your business? Best thing I've ever done in my business? Or since starting your business? Um, probably my course. I think that the course, because I mean, you can, you could, you could have this experience of, um, you know, dieting not working and then opening your eyes in the, within the anti-diet community and understanding like that, that I understood all that on a certain level. And I could have, you know, I could have started up my business with just that knowledge alone, but learning from like the best in the industry and activists in this space, um, you know, Isabel Fox and Duke's course is so comprehensive with everything that you need to understand for me, um, it was adding in that like real deeper understanding of things, even, you know, the, the, the oppression side of it. I think, you know, understanding, being in a place where you understand that diets don't work is one thing, but understanding that like our BMI is, you know, steeped in racism is something I wasn't aware of. Um, we don't need to go into it now. It's another for another day. Um, however, knowing that and understanding that, like, then helps you do more of an informed job and helps it really helps you kind of, you know, join that activist community and help them like break people away and help open other people's eyes to the fact that, you know, this is the case because it's not necessarily common knowledge. It's not anything you can't find out for yourself, but it's not things that people are looking for because you know just taking the BMI for example that is something that runs through our medical system and it's we just sort of accept that is a calculation where uh, you know our health is uh, our health is being measured against but it's it's totally useless and it's not actually what it was designed for um but you know those sorts of things and and just learning from like other women in this space like so many different people um you know, Virgie Tovar, Reagan Chastain, all the, there's so many people and I'm just so glad that I did it because it exposed me to so much more than I would have got, you know, not doing that course. Um, and it's helped me make some really great connections and friendships through this work for other people who do this work, maybe in different ways, maybe in similar ways. Um, and I've made some incredible, incredible connections and friends through that. So yeah, definitely. So you are a mum in business. How do you manage the juggle of your business and family life? It's a good question. I don't think I do juggle, if I'm honest. Um, and perhaps that sounds like I'm lucky, but I, I intentionally do stuff on certain days when I know it doesn't. I don't, I don't try and you know, put together my social media whilst I'm looking after the children. This week's a bit of an exception because I've got both kids home due to the, you know, being pinged by the NHS track and chase. But um, I typically will 
plan when I work. And, um, you know, I know the times and days that my husband's working and the times and days that I'm working. Um, if I'm going to do an evening, it's a planned thing. It's not that my work just sort of drifts into the evening. It's a conscious plan of Thursday nights are the nights where I work because that's the best time for me to fit in certain things around my clients and stuff like that. Um, my son is in nursery two days a week. So those days I dedicate to being available all my meetings and bookings I don't tend to go to any of the networking stuff or that when I've got my son in the background unless I know he's okay and in the mood for it and I know I only ever do things when he's there in the background if I've already maybe taken him out worn him out a little bit and he's happy just to have a quiet moment and I also know that I can I can turn those things off and excuse myself you know I never would I would never book in a client and then have my son in the background and just hope that he was going to be quiet like that that to me would be juggling and that to me wouldn't be productive and I don't think I'd be fully present because I like to be fully present with my kids and I like to be fully present in my business and if I am with them and trying to like update social media on my website or do anything in my business I'm just not connected with them and they know they can feel it they pick up on it um, and the same with your business I think you people pick up on the fact that you're not fully present um, and know that you're actually just trying to juggle children so if that answers the question that yeah I, I don't think I do juggle I think I just really like it intentionally sort of schedule my time so I, I would so my interpretation of what you've said is Juggle in the sense of you have clear boundaries as to when you're doing what with whom, which I think when we hear the word juggle, we assume that, you know, it's just like, well, I'm trying to like do everything all the time, but you're sort of only ever juggling one ball at one time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I don't, yeah, I, it's, it, it is about boundaries. And um, I think because I teach about boundaries, you know, boundaries is a huge part of what I actually do with clients, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis, because you have to, um, you know, sometimes it's a request, sometimes it's a boundary, but I think they're really important. I think we, I didn't have any boundaries um, when I was working before. I just didn't have any. It was just, it was just full on and I was not really kind of getting anywhere and I was tired for the kids I was tired for work I was grumpy for the kids and I was grumpy for work I just wasn't I just wasn't particular I wasn't particularly enjoying any of it whereas like if I'm with my son and it's a day where I, it's a me and him day because obviously my daughter's at school so I don't really sort of juggle her so much um but again I won't be doing anything before the school drop off there's there's no way anything happens before then um, if my social media goes out, it's because it's been planned to go out. I tend to do it on a Sunday and it's planned to go out. And sometimes I have time off and I don't worry about whether I've posted or not. I just don't, this week I've hardly posted at all and, and that's fine. Um, and I think it's being okay with that kind of stuff. You can't be everywhere at once. Um, and I can't be on the school run taking, you know, phone calls or trying to, you know, do anything. Like it just doesn't work. So I try and um, schedule it in. And then I, when I'm with my son or with my daughter on the weekends and stuff, it's intentional. Um, and if I really, really want to get something done or I've got, um, you know, like this kind of thing to do and it's a weekend, I have to just make sure, like today, just make sure that there's a there's a break, in, my husband builds in a break into his day between the times that I need him to and then he goes and, and that's it and, and I'm not I'm not available and that's, and that's that and the kids are okay with that too. I think they need the boundaries. They, they need to understand when I'm working and, and when I'm not so um yeah it, I think it works better for everyone it does I think it works good yeah well what, what works for you works for you it's yeah. just that simple isn't it yeah definitely so what's the best advice anyone has given you whether it's business related or in life 
um stay in your own lane i think it can be really really easy to look around at other people doing similar things to you or you know exact even exactly what you do and start thinking oh gosh like is there a place for me is you know are they doing better than me it can be really really hard and I, it's not to say that doesn't happen to me but i do think it's worth just bringing yourself back to your own space and knowing that people buy into people i think like when you're setting up in business people will work with with me or someone else because they connect with you. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and then that working relationship is much more enjoyable than just, you know, like not trying to like attract everyone and, and not like just staying true to your own values. I think that's really, really important. Um, so yeah, just you sometimes have to put the blinkers on and switch other things off and not worry about it and just sort of stay in your own, your own place and, and focus on what's important. So a slightly different question, because I think you're right, you know, as, as humans, naturally, we can get, um, we can get into comparisonitis, can't we? And, yeah, absolutely. And sort of go, oh, well, you know, Sheila from down the road, she's doing a much better job than I am. Oh, my goodness. You know, maybe, oh, I'm really rubbish compared to her when actually, first of all, you don't actually know what's going on in Sheila's life because you only see the out from the outside. And second of all, it might not be as good as what you think it is. But you are your own person and that's all you need to worry about. So what advice would you give our listeners if they're thinking, oh, my word, Tamsin, you've really inspired me. I want to go and start a business. What advice would you give someone? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> what advice would I give someone? Make sure it's, it's your passion and that it's something that really, really drives you because you can look at anything and think, well, that might make money, that's fine. But if you're not passionate about it and it literally doesn't light you up or keep you awake at night because you really want to solve the world with that problem, it won't necessarily come to life. I mean, that's not entirely true, of course. Like, you know, people do start businesses that's not necessarily their passion and they can make money. But I do think that really helps and it really helps when you are up against it. Like, in, like I was talking about earlier, when you're, when you're struggling to kind of find the courage to do something it will be the thing where you go well if I don't do this then what like what is what is the alternative then I'm not I'm not doing what I really really want to do and then that will just keep you moving forward but if you don't have that if you and also if you're doing something only because you want it to make a certain amount of money when it doesn't straight away you'll lose interest in it really really quickly so I think I think you'll keep the faith if it's something that matters to you and you'll, you'll resonate with other people easier, much more easily. It will just come more naturally. Mm. No, you're right. You are right. So finally, people will have been listening to this and they'll be, have been intrigued by everything that you've said and they'll want to connect with you. So how can people connect with you and find out more? Um, main place to connect with me is actually Instagram. I'm not a typical Facebook user. I do have a Facebook page, but I tend to hang out on Instagram and it's just my name, Tamsin Broster, and then coaching at the end of it. Um, so it's Tamsin Broster coaching. But yeah, that's where I hang out and spread my message. Um, I do have a website. Again, it's just my name, tamsinbroster.co.uk. Um, and that's where you can find out about how to work with me and stuff like that. So yeah, that's it really. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Tamsin. I've got to know you a little bit better. And I am fascinated about um, the BMI and, and the racism. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we, oh, we, we will be having another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. Just, I know that's not wasn't the purpose of today's call. But yeah, we can we can definitely do that one. <laughs>
so um thank you again for giving me your time and thank you everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how I can help you, then head over to my website, www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.